Good morning, Christian America. You shouldn't judge others. That's what Christ tells us. And that's what non-Christians love to throw at Christians all the time. Well, let's find out what Christ really says as we take another step and another journey through the New Testament. Good morning, Christian America. So good morning, Christian America. Welcome to another Wednesday on the Good Morning Christian America podcast. We come to you every Wednesday and we take a snippet of a piece of the New Testament. We're slowly and methodically going you know, lesson by lesson rather than chapter by chapter through the New Testament. Right now we're still in Matthew. We just finished up Matthew chapter 6. I loved chapter 6, the end of chapter 6 about anxiety and placing your worries and your fears with God. And if you seek his wisdom, if you seek his resolution, if you seek his works, that you will be granted all the things that everybody else is granted, except you will be granted in abundance because you seek you, you sought his will while you did it. That's the great thing about Christ. Christ doesn't keep anything from you. He gives you things. He gives you an abundance of stuff that really matters. It's not it's not things, it's not money, it's not it's not cars, it's not any of that stuff. He gives you meaning in your life, he gives you purpose in your life. An abundance of purpose is desperately what our country needs right now. It's desperately what we need right now. We see it in a whole bunch of aspects of life and and Christians know, true Christian, Christian Americans know that Christ is the only way to bring us back. Christ is the only way to pull us out of the darkness. Christ is the only way to get us off of opioids, get us off of pornography, get us off of of uh, promiscuity, give us, get us off of suicidal tendencies, get us off of alcoholism, get us off of all the things that that ill us in 2019. All the things and all the problems that we go through as, as, a, as, a, as a people, as a community, as a society, as a country, all of these things can be rectified with the love of Christ, with the understanding and the knowledge that his word and his wisdom is the way, how we, is how we pull ourselves back. And it's not us that is going to pull ourselves back. It's going to be Christ that pulls all of us up. But we have to, we have to give ourselves to him. We have to understand his word. And, under, and to understand his word, that means we have to get into his word. It means we have to learn his word. We have to, we have to be able to speak his word. And we have to be able to speak it strongly and firmly and securely in, in what we believe in and what and how we're going to, uh, um, and how we're going to uh, portray ourselves in life, how we are going to behave, how are we going to act, how we are going to raise our children, how are we going to govern ourselves. All these things matter, and they and, and they matter because they set the they set the standard, they set the culture, and we can have a we can have a culture set without Christ, and see the disarray that it's already leading to as Christ is 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 whittled away at. As, as, as Christ's teachings are thrown out of the, the, the schoolhouse and thrown out of the courthouse and thrown out of the, the uh, uh, our own house, out of, the, out of the, the classroom, out of the courtroom, and out of the living room, out of the family room. Where does Christ live nowadays? Tell me he doesn't just live in your life in that, in that little box of a, of a church that you call a, a place to worship. Tell me that's not where you keep Christ. Because he's so much bigger than that. In order, in order for you to understand it, though, you got to get into the scripture. We have to understand the scripture so we can then, so that we can then speak his word. That's 
That's why we're here today. And today we're covering Matthew chapter 7. So if you have your Bible on you, turn to Matthew chapter 7. I want to talk through some things. This is crucial. Of all the lessons, of all the things that non-Christians, of all the things that even lukewarm Christians love to throw at me personally, it's this paragraph. It's this chapter. And they don't even know it. But they love to throw out the highlights of it. They're, we're, we're a headline culture, which means we only read the headlines. We only, we only read the, the, the big print. We don't read the article itself. We, hear, we, we, we read the headline to get the opinion, and then we're gone. Instead of actually delving into what's actually being said. So let's get into it. If you turn to Ma- uh, Matthew chapter 7, there's a lesson on not judging. Here's what Christ says. Out of Jesus' mouth himself. He says, do not judge so that you won't be judged. Now, that's a big statement right there. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. To me, it doesn't get much simpler than that. It doesn't get much simpler to understand that. Do not judge. First first thing, do not judge that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard that you judge others. You will be measured by the same measure that you use. Okay, so what's Jesus talking about? Judging other people. You can't you can't ascribe somebody's motives. Just because somebody makes an act, does something wrong, doesn't mean that they are intentionally, purposefully breaking God's law. And even if they are, you don't know their circumstances. You don't understand their circumstances. You can't unless you're in their shoes. So you should be careful at what you Uh, what you label as wrong or evil or inappropriate or unbecoming because how you judge that person and that person's intent will be judged on you it's totally understandable It's it's totally understandable everybody sees hypocrisy everybody notices hypocrisy so when you judge somebody for, for, for parking in a handicapped space when they're not handicapped, you better not be seen doing it either. When you're, when you, when you're honking the horn because somebody is driving slow in front of you, calling them names because you're in a hurry, how many times have you been not in a hurry camping out in the lane while somebody is tailgating behind you? funny because uh, I remember an old saying say anybody driving slower than you you would call an idiot and anyone driving faster than you you'd call a maniac right you're judging people by the by, by one action and you don't understand the circumstance you be careful on how you measure because that measurement will be used against you when it's time okay so that's an understand that that's an understanding 
You should be careful on who you judge and why and why you say they've done what they've done and why you say that you are so right. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but you don't even notice the beam in your own eye? So you're looking for faults. These are people that are looking for faults in other people. You're looking to find a splinter in somebody's eye. You're looking for the smallest piece that you can point your finger at and say that I'm better than you. You're looking for the, for the small little mistake, the crack in somebody's armor because they're better than you at something. Because they're more talented than you at something. Because they got promoted faster than you somewhere. They've been blessed with something that you haven't been blessed with. And now you're seeking to find some chink in the armor. Something that you can point to. Something that you can, that, that you can judge and just say you're not so perfect yourself and make yourself feel better. That's what Christ is talking about. Don't be judging others. Because they've been blessed and you just haven't. You don't know the struggle they've gone through to, uh, to achieve or to be granted the blessings that they've been granted. Okay, how can you say to your brother, let me take that splinter out of your eye and look, there's a big beam of wood in your own eye. Here you are full of faults full of sins, full of bad intentions, full of evil deeds. And you're trying to poke at somebody else's mistakes. Don't be this person. That's what Christ is telling you. Don't be this person because if this is, if this is how you treat others, if this is how you judge others, I got something for you. You'll be judged just the same in due course. That's what he says. And then what, is, what does Christ say after that? He calls him a hypocrite. You hypocrite. First take the beam out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. So if this is the way you're acting, if this is the way you're trying to judge other people because you're, you, you want to be better than them or you want to you pretend that you're better than them, that you're, as, that you're not as sinful as they are, that you're the pious one, you're the good one, you're the one that's working on behalf of, the, uh, of, of whatever charity or whatever organization or if you claim that you're working on behalf of the Lord, if you're doing God's work, right? If you're doing God's work and you're having to say that you're doing God's work, you need to question about that beam in your own eye. So you have to be careful in the way you pass judgment on other people. Don't be one of these people. Christ says, don't be one of these people that are out there full of sin, trying to trying to uh, talk about how good they are and how and how much other people sin when you sin yourself. He said. Don't give what is holy to the dogs or toss your pearls before pigs. Or they will trample them under their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. What does this mean? You are God's creator. You are, God, you are God's creation. You are God's creation. You are a pearl. You are, you can be holy. 
You are a gift that God has given, and each one of us are. Each one of us are God's gift, God's creation. Endowed with a, with a spark of divinity, created in His image. It's a gift to be breathing on this earth. It's a gift to be blessed with life. It's a because not everyone is. It's a gift to have God's love and mercy and compassion in abundance, never ending. It never runs out. There's never and there's never not enough. And to take this gift, to take this body, to take this temple that you've been given, this spirit and this soul and this mind to think and to speak and to do for greater than yourself, to do this, to take this and throw it to the dogs, to take this and throw it to the pigs with jealousy and hypocrisy, is a crime because you're you're ugly inside if you're judging people like that you're turning the gift that God gives you into a competition of ugliness now anti-christians and lukewarm Christians love to throw around don't judge well God Jesus says don't judge Matthew chapter 7 says Jesus says don't judge so don't judge people and their wrongdoings don't judge people who aren't living right. Don't judge people that are hooked and on, on, on pain medicine and pain killers. Don't judge people that are that can't make it through the day without without being a, a, an alcoholic. Don't judge people that can't put down their own vices. Don't judge people that are constantly running back to pornography. Don't judge people that are beating their wives, that are mean to their kids, that are that are ruining families. Don't judge people that are killing children in the womb don't judge people that are turning thousands of years of marriage of the idea of marriage and turning it upside down saying it doesn't matter don't judge people that are ripping families apart don't judge people that are tearing down our values don't judge people that are tearing down the seams of our democracy don't judge people that aren't that are trying to uh disable and di- uh, um, dismantle our constitution don't judge those people they love to say that Anti-Christians, lukewarm Christians, they love to stay, stay, say stuff like that. Don't judge. Jesus says don't judge. Don't judge their motives. But if they're committing bad acts, you need to tell them, this is wrong. People misinterpret this on this passage on purpose. They know better. Anybody with any sense knows better. If you're a parent out there, you know that you have to set your kids in line from time to time. Your kids get out of control. Why? Because they don't know any better. Your five-year-old, your 10-year-old gets out of line because they don't know any better. Your 15-year-old gets out of line because they don't know any better. Why don't they know any better? They don't have the experience. They haven't grown up. They haven't seen the world. They've only seen a little piece of it. They don't see the whole picture. That's us, ladies and gentlemen. We're humans. We're flawed. We don't see the whole picture. We get we get led astray. <coughs> we get led astray all the time. 
That's the great thing about God's word. That's the great thing about scripture. God sees the world. He created the whole world, both before and at the end. He transcends time, space, and opportunity. He transcends it all. He sees it all. And now he's given you rules to follow so you don't make the mistakes that you're destined to make if you don't have that information. Just like your five-year-old is destined to make the mistakes. Your five-year-old is destined, without you there, to climb the countertop and search out cereal or a snack or candy and to fall off that countertop and bust his head. He's destined to do that. You know he's destined to do that. So you set a rule beforehand and said, don't climb on the countertops. He's going to do it anyway. And when he does, you need to catch him and you need to discipline him. That way he doesn't. Your 15-year-old, you know what he's destined to do. You know they're destined to run, run off in the wrong crowd. They're destined to sneak out of the house late at night to go party with their friends. You know these things because you've lived it. You got the experience. You got the knowledge. So you set the rules beforehand. The windows stay locked and you check in. You're in by this amount of time. You're in at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or whatever the, whatever the time is. And you set the ground rules and you know they're going to break it. But you set it anyway and then you hold the standard. That's what being a parent is. God is our parent. God created us. He created everything, created the world. He's seen it. He's done it. He knows it. All of it. He sets the rules beforehand. He gives us a chance to read it, to understand it. Then he sent Christ down to show us it can be done. You can do this. And so when you turn away from that, when you're not obedient, somebody needs to get you back in line. God needs to get you back in line. You see it throughout the, throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament. Every time the Jews turn away from God, they're punished because of it. Every time they call out for his name, in his name, every time they call out for his help, every time they call out for his, for his wisdom and his strength and his mercy, he gives it to them. He delivers them from Egypt. He delivers them from Persia. But when, he, when, when they don't, when they don't follow his law, he gives them to the Egyptians. He gives them to the Babylonians. He gives them to the Assyrians. Over and over and over and over again. God says, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possessions. All through, uh, all, all through the whole earth. Although the whole earth is mine. He says, now that you obey me, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. That can be our country. That has been America. We have kept his covenant. We have lived by his standards. We have set up a system around uh, a divine, the idea of a, a, a spark of divinity in the individual. Deuteronomy 11.1 1 says, Love the Lord 
your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Not sometimes, not a little bit, not when it's convenient, not if you got time. Always. When Jesus was asked to throw the to, to, to stone the adulteress. Did he judge? Did he judge? He judged that she sinned 100%. How do we know? Because that's what happened. That's what he said. Did he stone her? No, he had compassion. He had mercy. As we should have compassion and mercy for people that make mistakes. He didn't judge her personally. He judged her actions. He loved her. He lifted her up. Said to go and sin no more. He didn't say go. Don't worry about that sin. He didn't say go. You didn't sin. He didn't say go uh, because the sin don't really matter. No, he said go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Don't let the non-Christians, don't let the lukewarm Christians, even if those lukewarm Christians are sitting in the pulpit. If you got, if you're listening to somebody, if there's a leader inside your organization that's telling you that, that you can't correct people, that you can't live God's word and, and, and hold God's standard as best you can and to encourage other people, it's not saying go, go find faults. That's what he's saying. Don't go out there and find faults. Don't try looking for splinters in folks' eyes because you probably got a big old beam in your eye. And I think we all got a big old beam in our eye. But when you recognize clearly wrongdoing, you have to say so. Christian Americans have to say so. You have to help. You don't have to be antagonistic with it. You don't have to be I told you so about it. You don't have to be hurtful or harmful about it. You don't have to dismerge people. You don't have to, to tear down someone's reputation. You don't have to make it public. You can bring them into the fold and say, hey, I know you're struggling right now um, with this stuff. I want to let you know that I'm here for you because you need to stop it. And I'll help you. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with doing something like that? John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Now remain in my love. How do we remain in the love? Just like I said, Deuteronomy 1, 11 says, Obey, uh, Love your Lord and obey his commands always. Always. It says children, Ephesians 6 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Who's our father? Our father is in heaven. Honor him by doing his works. Honor him by doing his deeds. Honor him by spreading his message. Honor him by praising him in public. All these things you can do without impugning the reputation of those, without overly, uh, harshly judging other people. 
Acknowledging someone's wrongdoing and helping them overcome it is not judging people. Acknowledging wrongdoing in this on this in this life and on this earth and in this country is not judging people. Acknowledging that killing a baby in their mother's womb is a wrongdoing, is evil, is considered murder, and that and the idea that and letting people know that they shouldn't be doing this. That it is a grave, grave sin that's taking life that God, you know, breathed life into and killing it is a wrongdoing. It's not judging people. Acknowledging that the best way to raise a child is with a, a, a father and a mother in a household, in a loving household. Is not judging those who don't have that. But is it acknowledge it is acknowledging that it is the best path forward and that if you're gonna have children, it's incumbent upon you as a parent to stay with that parent's other parent and raise that child in a Christian American manner. And do what's best for him or her. Do what's best for the family. And teach that child the right way to live. So ladies and gentlemen, think about that this week. Think about this. It's Wednesday. Okay, so we're halfway through the week. That's where we're here. We're here to give you that, that spiritual lesson today. On judging people. Think about it. Don't let people tell you that you're not supposed to recognize wrongdoing when you see it because you are christ did god did in the old testament and he punished people for doing wrong and christ gave mercy for those doing wrong but both times and all the time they recognize that it's wrong we aren't the judge we're not the jury we're not the executioner we don't issue out the punishments but we do help those who need help we do help those who need help. And if you're sinning, if you know somebody who's out there who's purposefully sinning and encouraging other people to sin, it's your job to address it, to help those understand what God's word is. As always, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to contribute to the Christian American community, go to ChristianAmericanTees.com, pick yourself up something good. We sell tees tanks sweats hoodies you can pick yourself up a, a quality premium christian american tee like the one i got on right now i believe this is like army green i really like this color i like this fit for those of y'all listen to the, to the audio podcast only uh just right know that i got a an army green christian american tee with the signature christian signature christian american flag you know and white also, if you send me a private message either on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, any of the comments, uh, like if you're interested in like a coffee mug like this, a Christian American coffee mug, or the I got an, a message the other day about the Christian American tapestry behind me, um, I can send you to a, a separate website 
where we do have some Christian American apparel like that. All that stuff is, all of our stuff is trademarked. So, you know, you can't do it on your own. But it, but if you send me a, a, a private message on any of the platforms, um, we'll, we'll point you in the direction to get you uh, a tapestry, a tapestry like that one back here, kind of a big banner, uh, different sizes, different stuff. We also, I uh, also got a website where you can make all types, where you can order all types of uh, Christian American gear or, or, or home and accessories you know pillowcases if you want to coffee cups like this um iphone uh iphone cases uh samsung galaxy cases uh christian american uh uh, uh style cases so all of those things are available step into the world wearing a christian american tee and let the world know where your priorities are christ in america after that there ain't too much that matters if we have we don't have a country to live in we're all doomed. And if we don't have Christ, then we don't have a country. So in, our, in the grand scheme of things, two most important books, the Bible and the Constitution of the United States of America. Two priorities, Christ and America. That's what being a Christian American is all about. Understanding, having the knowledge of Christ, understanding his word, understanding his scripture. That is how we move the ball forward. That is how we inspire other people. That is how we stand strong in our faith. That is how uh, we stand strong in the Lord. So until Friday, now Friday, we're going to focus on the family. Until Friday, make sure you stay engaged with the Christian American community online. Uh, go to the YouTube channel. Go to the uh, uh good morning christian american youtube channel subscribe to the youtube channel pass it on share it on that's the only way our community is going to continue to grow is if we share it be secure enough be uh, uh, on fire enough for christ have uh, enough love for our country and for god to pass on these messages and with that ladies and gentlemen have a blessed day continue out this week strong you're almost there the week is almost done fridays we focus on the family then it's weekend time and that's good stuff that's good stuff that's family time so until friday uh ladies and gentlemen good morning christian america